It's a privilege to celebrate freedom, isn't it? As we celebrate freedom, I think it's vitally important that we talk about, honestly, its cost. Because I think so many of us enjoy this freedom, but we, at times, fail to remember the purchase price. And here's the truth. Freedom requires sacrifice. And the United States of America, as we've celebrated this weekend, is a great example of this truth. Freedom requires sacrifice. We're one of the countries in the world that is named after and most identified with freedom. In fact, we're called the land of the free. But we could just as easily be known as the land of sacrifice because that's what it took to become the land of the free because true freedom does not come without a huge price. Our country's freedom was secured by sacrifice. On July 4, 1776, the final draft of the Declaration of Independence was finally, finally adopted. But the representatives who signed that document knew exactly what they were doing. They knew there would be a price to be paid, and they willingly made the sacrifice. And we know this because they concluded the draft of the Declaration of Independence this way, for the support of this declaration with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. And that's exactly what they did. These were not words on a piece of paper as they are to us for them. This was the commitment to pay the price, the commitment to sacrifice so that freedom might be won and passed on. The fact is these patriots made themselves an unbelievable sacrifice so that they could pass on freedom for us now to enjoy. But it doesn't stop there. I mean, freedom isn't like the material possessions we purchase today. I mean, you purchase an iPhone, you purchase an iPad, or one of those cheap imitation Android machines, and um, you you own it. You, You buy it once and you own it. But that's not how freedom is. It has to continually be purchased at the price of sacrifice. So our country's freedom was secured by sacrifice, but our country's freedom has been preserved and sustained and passed on to us by sacrifice. In fact, there's no way to recount all of the different kinds of sacrifices that have been made through the years to expand our freedom and sustain our nation's freedom. If you think about it, The sacrifices go from those who were willing to give their lives in order to pioneer a new land all the way from east coast to west coast. And it was purchased at the price of those who put their lives at risk and even lost their lives on battlefields here and around the world. And in the face of these great sacrifices that that produced a freedom worthy of the celebration that we're experiencing this weekend, there's a question, I think, that begs to be asked and answered. And the question is this, how are we investing our freedom? Sacrifice was made so that we might have this freedom. How are we investing it? In the words of the song that we experienced just before I came to give this talk, what did these people die for when they died for you and me? What what did they die for? 
when they made the sacrifice to set us free, the real question is, what are we doing with the freedom they purchased for us, with the freedom we've been given? And it's an important question because not only was our country's freedom secured originally through sacrifice and not only has it been sustained by sacrifice, but our country's freedom will only continue to exist, to thrive, and to be passed on to future generations if we are willing to pay the same price, to sacrifice. Unfortunately, most people today are spending their freedom instead of investing it. I mean, they're spending it on themselves, consuming it for themselves instead of investing it forward as those who gave it to us. And in so doing, they're not only wasting the sacrifices of those who provided this freedom for us, but they're robbing future generations of the privilege of knowing the same kind of great freedom that was handed to us. Edith Hamilton captured this truth in her description of the downfall of Athens, Greece, centuries ago. She said when, when the freedom they wished for most was the freedom from responsibility. Then Athens ceased to be free and was never free again. And if we're not careful to invest forward the freedom that we've been given here in America, then the reality of Athens will become the reality of America. We must fulfill our responsibility because freedom requires sacrifice. Now, the truth is, America is a great example of this truth, but America is not the greatest example of this truth. You don't have to experience the freedom of America to experience all that God intended you to experience in life. We can experience life in all of its fullness wherever we're born around the world as long as we experience the truly greatest freedom ever purchased in this world. And it's the freedom purchased by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. So many people dismiss the importance of Jesus. So many people disconnect themselves from his truth and his teaching. So many doubt the reality of Jesus. But many do so because they don't understand what his story is about. And his story is about freedom. Let me show you from Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. The Bible makes it clear. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And unless you understand that even those of us who live in a free nation like the United States of America still need freedom, you'll never appreciate the relevance of Jesus Christ to your life. Because we as human beings experiencing this human reality have by nature a bondage problem. We're shut off from we're shut out from the life that God created for us. He came to give us the freedom from bondage that each and every one of us experiences by nature. And you know what it is. It might be, it might be hidden in your life. It might not be in the front burner of your thinking. But you, by nature, are experiencing bondage on your own. You know the bondage. The bondage to guilt and to failure. Because each and every one of us is flawed and broken and makes choices that leads to failure. Each and every one of us knows what it's like to be in bondage to that failure. There are some of us who decade after decade live in defeat to failures from years ago. We know what it's like to be in bondage to it. 
thinking that we can never truly love again because we failed at love, thinking that we could never really dream again because we've failed in the pursuit of all of our dreams, thinking that we can never really experience life in all of its fullness, that it's a dream that's fanciful but not real, failure that's final. But Jesus came to set us free from that. It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. But the bondage goes further. In this human reality, we experience bondage to things like doubt and addiction. Many of us, because of the disappointments of life, are in bondage to anger and bitterness, and, and we, we can't shed it because of unforgiveness. And how can we forgive others when we've never experienced forgiveness ourselves? As a part of our human journey, we know what it's like to be held captive to a life that, though it seems, should be meaningful. Inexperience seems meaningless and purposelessness is existing in our lives. Many of us know the bondage of loneliness in the midst of a crowd. Some of us, even here right now, feel all alone. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Freedom from this kind of reality. We know the, we know the bondage to discouragement, the bondage to loss and grief and the bondage to fear. Many of us are paralyzed by it. All of the human realities that haunt us and hold us hostage are what Jesus died to set us free from. It is for freedom Christ has set us free. Freedom requires sacrifice, and he made it. The truth is that this freedom that all of us desperately need to know life, to know love, to know peace, to know meaning, to know significance, to know hope, this freedom that we also desperately need is available, but it didn't come without a huge price. We need to understand that our freedom was secured by the sacrifice of Jesus himself. We just saw the demonstration of Christ once again dying on that cross, and his death was simply the payment of price so that we could experience freedom, and all of us need it. Look at Romans chapter 5, verse 8. God demonstrates his own love for us in this way. While we were still sinners, enemies of God, disconnected from God and all that only he can give us, it was then that Jesus died for us. Because of his sacrifice, we can experience freedom from the consequences, from the penalties of our bad choices, of our failures, of our sin. We can experience freedom from the penalty of our sin. And a lot of us don't hear that word sin very often thrown around in our lives. But the truth is, that which holds us in bondage is sin. Rebellion against God, separation from God, disconnection from God. And though we mask up nicely, I mean, you're looking really good this weekend. Except some of you who are wearing those flags on your bodies. I don't know, it's kind of interesting. But no matter how we dress up, here's what the Bible says about us. All have sinned and fall short of God's glory. We've fallen short and we're in bondage because it's a mountain too high to climb. We can't get back to God because we have fallen so far. And Romans 6.23 says the wages, the consequence, the penalty, the payment for that sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We experience the haunting darkness and guilt of this World and our failures because we have fallen short of God and we're disconnected from what only He can give us life and joy and peace and meaning and love and yes, what we all need hope and we can't get it back ourselves. But Jesus, who didn't deserve to die, died on that cross 
so that he could give us what we don't deserve, life. He has made it possible for us to be free from the penalty of sin. But in my life, that's just not enough, I have to tell you. I have, by bad choice after bad choice, heaped up a debt of guilt, a debt of consequence. But being forgiven of that isn't enough because I know, I know me. And even if the entire debt is lifted from me, in, within at least 48 hours, I'm going to have a boatload more of debt. Can any of you relate to that? Any of you think that you might blow it here in the next 24 hours or so? We're controlled by that. No matter how many times we have been forgiven, no matter how many times we've had the guilt offloaded, we have discovered that no matter how much we dream to live right, we have this tendency to keep being owned by the bad choices. Nature drives us. But Jesus has set us free from that as well. We can be free because of his sacrifice from the consequence of sin, and we can be free from the controlling power and influence of sin. Look at Romans chapter 6, verse 14. It says it. For sin shall not be your master, because you are no longer under law and condemnation and guilt which you've broken, but now you're under grace. We showed the picture of Jesus coming out of that tomb, that, that beautiful picture of new life is the picture of what's available to you. He made it possible for you to be free from the guilt that has held you hostage in the past, and he's made it possible to give you freedom to stop being controlled by it in the future. You can live your life as God designed it. Jesus, by his sacrifice, has provided freedom from everything that destroys us, everything that robs us of life, and everything that keeps us from hope. I mean, he's secured it for us, but it doesn't stop there. Our freedom, this freedom to truly experience life as God designed it, was secured by the sacrifice of Christ, but it has been sustained and passed on to us by the sacrifice of untold many others. In Acts chapter 12, we find the story of one such sacrifice. It says this person of influence had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. For what reason? For passing on the freedom of Jesus to others. The book of Acts is a story of what happened once Jesus went back to be with the Father and his followers started living out the hope and freedom that Jesus came to give. And what happened was sacrifice. The truth is that Christianity, like our country, is a history of great sacrifices. And, and it's not just of those who died for their faith. It's also those who actually lived out their faith. You know, those people people who sacrificed everything in order to pass the freedom of Christ, the hope of Christ, on to others, on to us. One such group is talked about in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 through 5, and I just want to read their story because it's a story we're celebrating when we talk about freedom because without this story of sacrifice, we would have no freedom in Christ. It says, 2 Corinthians 8, verse 1, And now, brothers, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. Out of the most severe trial, they still overflow with joy. And in the midst of their extreme poverty, they still well up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able. No, they gave beyond their ability. And they didn't do it for manipulation and duty they did it entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this sacrificial service to the saints. And they did not do as we expected. 
but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us in keeping with God's will. Why do we have freedom? Why do we know about the forgiveness and new life of Christ? Because it was secured by Christ through sacrifice and it has been sustained and passed on to us by sacrifice. It is worthy to be celebrated. The centuries are filled with stories of the sacrifices made by people in order to pass freedom to us. And now, it's our turn. The responsibility now is on our shoulders. The responsibility in baton has been passed to us. If the freedom that we experience in America is going to continue into future generations, it's our turn to pass it on. We must make the choice to pay the price to stop spending it up and using it up and start investing forward. And the same is true spiritually. If we are going to ultimately pass on the freedom of Christ, we have to do it through sacrifice. Our freedom in Christ was secured by sacrifice, was sustained by sacrifice, and will be passed on to others only if we choose to sacrifice. Look at Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. You, my brothers and sisters in Christ... We're called to be free. That is true. But do not use your freedom to indulge in the sinful nature in consuming it for your own selfish pleasures. Rather, use your freedom, the love you've been given, the forgiveness you've been given, the peace you've been given, the significance you've been given, the purpose you've been given. Use it to serve one another in love. I appreciate what Joseph Sisu said about freedom. Listen to his words. Freedom is like a coin. It has the word privilege on one side and the word responsibility on the other. It does not have privilege on both sides. There are too many today who want everything involved in privilege and refuse to accept anything that approaches the sense of responsibility. Boy, isn't that the truth. In order to pass on the freedom that is available in America today, we must be willing to sacrifice in order to pass on the freedom that is available in Jesus Christ, the freedom to truly live, we must be willing to sacrifice. We have to choose to pass it on. But here's the interesting reality. Before we can ever pass on the freedom of Christ, before we can ever pass on love in a loveless world and peace in a world of conflict, before we can pass on meaning and values and significance because we've been given the freedom that Jesus Christ purchased through sacrifice, before we can pass it on to others, we have to first experience it ourselves. And I think this is the real problem. Many people have sung about the freedom of Christ, have heard the stories about the freedom of Christ, but they're still living lives in bondage. So many who name Jesus still live in hatred, still live in personal turmoil and despair and conflict, still don't know love, still don't know forgiveness, still don't know hope. If you're going to truly experience the freedom worth celebrating, the freedom that only Jesus could purchase for you and that's been passed down to us, and if you're going to pass it to your children or to your friends, you must experience it yourself. Can I ask you? Have you? Are you? truly experiencing it? Or is it just a mask you might wear at moments like this? How sad, how sad to have a freedom available and not to experience it. It's your choice. 
John chapter 1, verse 12 says, But as many as received Jesus, to those who put their trust, their dependence on him, God gives them the right, the authority, the privilege of becoming one of his children. That trust is where we say, I'm going to stop trusting myself. I've fallen short. I'm going to put my trust in him. Have you done that? In this moment, just before we move towards the final celebration of freedom this weekend, which will end our service, I'm going to ask you if you would just bow your heads in a moment of prayer and honor this moment. If you're here today and you, you would say, I've heard about the freedom, but I've never experienced it. Why not pray with me? Receive it now. Take my words in this prayer and make them the expression of your heart to God. Just say, Jesus, I need your freedom. I'm living in bondage to my past failures, my guilt, my sin. But I believe, Jesus, that it was for freedom that you came and died on that cross. And so I'm asking you to take my sin, I acknowledge it to you, and forgive me. I ask you to put the new life of your resurrection in me and help me to walk as a child of God in freedom. I ask it in faith, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you just prayed with me just before we move to celebration, I, I, I want to ask you to let me know. We make it really easy for those of you who are in our live services. We give you a program, and on the inside is this thing we call a connection card, and you just rip it out, and you fill it out. And then on the bottom it says, Today I pray to receive Jesus in my life. And if that's you, check that off. And then there are boxes conveniently placed at every exit that you're going to be leaving from. Throw it in there. And we're just going to send you information about next steps you can take to really know God, to build your relationship with God. If you're watching online, then you can hit the What Next button and do the same thing. We'd love to be a part of your life in that way. But now to those of you who have received his freedom, those of you who have received Jesus, here's the question. What are you doing with the gift of freedom? Are you investing it in others or are you spending it on yourself? Look at how Paul said it in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19. He says, Though I am free and belong to no man, I make myself a slave, a servant to everyone. For what reason? To win as many as possible. Though I'm free, I use it to serve others so that I can share the hope, the love, the peace, the life that Jesus came and sacrificed himself for. Let us make the choice to pay forward the freedom we have as Americans. The next generation deserves us to make the same sacrifice. Let's make the choice to pay forward the unbelievable freedom we have in Jesus Christ that Jesus left heaven to come and purchase for us. Let's pay it forward by sharing it with our co-workers, by sharing it with our neighbors, by sharing it with our family, by living it out in this community and around the world. Because when we do, then God, as he has in the past, can continue in the present to bless this great country of freedom that we call America.